Hey, smart mamas. Welcome to the Scrub Caps and Sippy Cups podcast, a podcast about balancing mom life and work life and everything in between. Being a mama is a hard job. We are three nurse anesthetists reaching out to support and encourage other moms with hectic and chaotic lives. I want to be a nurse anesthetist. No topics are off limits. Relationships, finance, mental health, work. And we aren't sugarcoating anything. No way, or way. This is real life, real moms, real advice. And we want this to be interactive. We want to hear from you, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Hey everybody and welcome back to Scrub Caps and Sippy Cups. We I'm here, Crystal, with Ellen and Lacey. Hey girls. Hi. And today we are super excited. We have a special guest, uh, Sarah Sellers, who is a marathon runner, a beast, and a CRNA. And she's gonna chat with us today. Hey Sarah. Hey, thanks for having me on. Thanks. Sarah, we wanna make sure everybody knows you're not just a marathon winner. Can you tell everybody why we all know you? <laughs> um, what happened to you last year exactly? I don't know. It's all blurry. No, um, I came in second at the 2018 Boston Marathon. And Woo-hoo! a surprise to me and to everyone else. That is bananas. How, how did that all go down? Um, I mean, I was a collegiate runner and... Um, I didn't finish my eligibility in college because I had um, an injury that uh, took me out of running for several years. So during that time, I went to CRNA school. And then as soon as I graduated, I was I felt like I was healthy for the first time in a long time. And um, so I started training for uh, my first marathon. Um, so my first marathon, uh, I ran to qualify for Boston. And then my second marathon was Boston. Wow. Your second ever? Uh-huh. Holy cow. <laughs> That's amazing. That's insane. And so cool. Yeah, that is so awesome. And when we talked to our group about when we said we were going to be interviewing you, one of the most common themes that people brought up was how proud they are of you and how you've been representing the CRNA community with all of your work. So awesome job there. After you came in second at Boston Marathon, the uh, New York Times did a very good article on you about your training schedule and how intense it is and how you fit it in around your full-time job. Can you kind of walk us through a day in the life of Sarah? Like, how how do you fit it all in? I mean, I have to preface by saying there, and this is not just sandbagging, there are people who do a lot more. So <laughs> that that is like a true statement. Um but I'll, so I'll start with, yeah, just a day, like a, a normal work day. Um, yeah. Like what'd you, right, you, you said you worked today. What did you do? Yeah. What was your day like today? Um, so I usually get up at about four and try to get out on my run by like 4.15. And usually my really early runs are just kind of distance miles. Um, so I'm typically nothing hard really early in the morning. Um, so this morning was 11 miles, just at a really Jeez. pace. Oh my God. <laughs> just 11 miles. I can't Nothing even hard, just miles. 11 miles. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I get, I, my mornings, I 
time pretty close. I don't have a lot of leeway. So when I get home, I have like 25 minutes to shower and get ready and get out the door and just, um, I always try to look at my patients the night before so that, um, I can go into work, like knowing what I'm doing. And, um, obviously as we all know, there's always surprises, but <laughs> typically I pretty, I feel like I'm like prepared once I go in. Um, and thankfully like I I'm at a hospital where I know my assignment the night before, so I can do that. Um, so then I, um, like today I got off at about 5.30 um, and came home and ran six miles and then came to chat with you guys. How long did it take you to run six miles? So today it was slow. I did a really hard track workout yesterday. Um, so I never do two hard days in a row. So yesterday was a hard day. So today I'm really tired. So today I was like 7.30 to 7.40 per mile pace, which is, yeah, that's kind of my slow recovery pace. And, and you what is your like race pace? Um, oh. So for a marathon, uh, ideally in the 540s, um, my last marathon was, I think, about 549, 550. Wow. So how many miles do you try to get in in a week? What's your goal? Um, good question. I last week was a high, higher mileage week, so it's 121. Wow. This week will probably be slightly. I'm trying to be a little bit lower than that this week. That's about the highest that I go. So usually, like during peak marathon training, like 110 to 120. Wow. So do you run every day, or do you work in strength training too? Like, do you kind of um, circuit train? I don't know what you think of all that. Yeah, so I try to do strength training like twice a week, and I run six days. Yeah, I typically run twice a day, five days a week, and then uh, once on Saturday, and then I take Sundays off. And I try to do like a 45 to 60 minutes strength training after my hard workouts, so that my easy days are really like easy days, and it's just mileage and like no strength training and nothing like real hard. So what is your work hours like? I know a lot of people struggle to fit yeah. in workouts around like 10s and 12s and the longer days. And so what, like what kind of work schedule do you have? And do you, do you have it so that you can fit it in trainings around it? Yeah. So I actually decreased my hours about a year ago. So right now I'm working three days a week. Um, when I was training for Boston 2018, I was working four, sometimes five days and it was, um, all tens, occasionally a 12, but so it was a lot more challenging training for Boston 2018. Even my hard workouts were at 4am. Um, now that I'm decreased my hours, I'm working, uh, usually seven to five and then, uh, twice a week and once a week, uh, 11 to seven. So I can do like a hard track workout and go lift and then go to work. That seems like, I mean, to put in all that work, you, it, you've, you've got to be doing it for more than just the fact that you like running. I yeah. mean, <laughs> right there. Like what drives you continuously? You have to love it. Yeah. Right. I mean, you already basically won Boston. So like, what is pushing you now? Um, I mean, that's a good question. I think uh, probably a lot of components. Um, 
one, I think running is, especially the competitive side, is kind of an addictive sport where even though it's hard and you're pushing yourself, as soon as you finish a hard workout, you know, I get nervous for every single hard workout and I'm like sick to my stomach and not sure I can do it. And then when you do it, like you just want to turn around and do it again. (laughs) And it's like this weird cycle where, yeah, nervous before, unsure of yourself, and then you kind of conquer and it's just one workout and races are the same thing. It's like one little challenge where, you know, you're not sure how it's going to go. And then if it goes well, you want to get right back out there. And if it, if it doesn't go well, same thing. You want to go like have a vengeance and like get better. What are you training for right now? Uh, So the Olympic trials are in just over six weeks um, in Atlanta. So Oh, wow. I'm training for that. How do you qualify for that? What do you have to run? Yeah, so you have to run a – there's an Olympic trials qualifying time uh, that you have to run on, like, a specific course. So I hit that time in Boston and then a few times since. um, But basically, you just have to hit it at one qualifying course. And then, yeah, once you go to the trials – it's just top three at the trials to go to the Olympics. And there's, there's actually a ton of women that have qualified, like more than double, I think, have, that have ever qualified before. So wow. really, really, really competitive, but. Yeah, you've got some competition. Well, we'll all be cheering for you, that's for sure. Yeah, seriously. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, I wanted to ask, um, what is your favorite running shoe? Ultras. I, Ultras. I run in Ultras. I'm, I'm sponsored by Ultra, but I actually, like, I feel like I've had, like, I, I haven't had any major injuries since I've been running in ultras the last couple of years. So they have a wide toe box, so it kind of has room for your toes to spread out. And then also uh, zero drop. So it basically is more natural kind of running form. And it tells you how much I run because I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm like, they're uh-huh. comfy. Great. I'm looking them up right now. <laughs> One of the, uh, we got a lot of questions from our mm-hmm. um, listeners and our audience about what is your advice for new runners? Um, there's a lot of people who said, I'm thinking about doing my first half. I'm thinking about doing my first full. What kind of app, meal, electrolyte, supplement, shoes, like the whole gamut, training schedule, like what basic advice would you give to our, you know, our group is moms. So, you know, we've got busy people with lots of different stuff going on. What advice would you give to our group of women and moms on how to get into this, how to do your first half or your first full? Yeah, this is a really exciting question. I, um, yeah, I get really excited about people wanting to get into running. I would start by saying, keep it simple. Like people overcomplicate it and running is really simple there's a few really basic principles that everything else is kind of fluff and extra. Um, So I think the basic principles that I try to stick by one of them, I already mentioned never have two hard days in a row. So I usually have one to two, even three easy days in between every hard day. Um, But like your easy days is like hell for regular people you know what I mean like what is easy to start or is it just too it's too uh, conversation pace okay so walking for me okay 
but yeah no seriously though and i like walk dog is like a really great way to start off so like you know run for a minute walk for two minutes run for a minute walk for two minutes like start that so yeah that's one principle is never two hard days in a row another is your aerobic fitness will uh advance a lot quicker than your muscles and tendons and ligaments and all the support structures so people tend to get injured when they start running and it's because you really have to start off slow because aerobically you get in shape pretty quick, but it's all those support structures that end up getting injured because those take a lot longer to catch up. Um, so like take a long-term approach and take time to work into it. So like if then, somebody like me who, I mean, I, I used to run like cross country in high school and I've done some 5Ks, but I'm no runner now like yeah. how long would it take me to train for a half marathon let's go easy a half <laughs> yeah no that's good and that's that's good so I mean I guess it kind of depends on your your goal of how fast you want to run it um but just to, you know if you're just at a survive it um, yeah, yeah, yeah to survive yeah. it to finish it uh if you're you know kind of a baseline level fitness where you know you could go like today you could go out and run for a minute and walk for two minutes and do that for like 20 minutes and I'm no I this is kind of me speculating I've never done any coaching but I would say <laughs> take like six weeks to just build up a base um, and not do anything hard just like build up to where you're running consistently so start off not running every day do cross training on your off days but then build up to running you know, you really don't have to run every day, even training for half. So build up to where you're running four or five days a week. And then another like six to eight weeks, I'd say, of starting to put in some workouts. And um, so I would say just off the top of my head, like 12 to 14 four weeks. Months? Yeah, 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 that's what I'd say. And Sarah, when you say the workouts, are you talking about like hills and uh, what kind of workouts? I mean, if I just think about running 11 miles, I think that's a workout. But what workouts are you talking about? Yeah, so workouts are typically a warm-up beforehand, a cool-down after. So, like, yesterday's workout um, was a track workout. So I warmed up for, like, three and a half miles. And then um, the workout was a breakdown where it was four sets of, like, this is all in meters, 1,400, 200, 800. So basically two and a half laps, one lap, half a lap, two laps. Um, and they're each at a prescribed pace and with a certain amount of rest in between. So it's basically, and like, that's just one example of a hard workout. It's a hard workout is basically just some, it's very structured. So like there's a goal pace, a certain amount of rest in between reps and kind of a purpose behind it. And you pace yourself with a watch, I'm assuming, or like, do you have a coach there pacing? How do you pace yourself? Yeah, just with a watch. And I try to not look at my watch very often. Um, it's more like running off of feel. So like he'll, for example, the thousand I was supposed to run in 315. And so um, I'll glance at my watch at like one point during the thousand to make sure I'm on pace and then just kind of go off of feel. Wow. So you don't have a coach training with you every day? Um, no. So my coach uh, is my uh, college coach in Utah. So I call him like once or twice a week and get workouts. 
So you're at the point now where you're pretty independent. Like you are training for the Olympics by yourself. You are, you're very obviously self-motivated and driven to do this. It's not like somebody's forcing you into it and you're like, Oh, I have to go work out. Cause that's how I would be. Yeah. No. <laughs> and it definitely like builds. I mean, there's a lot of days when the, yeah, I feel like I don't want to do this, but I know like it's, I don't know. It's that cycle of like not wanting to do it and then you do it and you're happy you did it. Mm -hmm. And it's like just that cycle. How do you stay like motivated in those times or like, you know, every, everything that we do, you know, you kind of reach a point where you're like, I just, I'm, I'm over it. It's like, it's not fun anymore. Like how do you keep it fun and exciting and, and keep going with it? And then my other question is, how do you find balance in your life between like running your intense job and then like family and friends and other hobbies and activities and that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, so as far as keeping it fun, uh, like I try to, I mean, I run with people when I can, like I run with my husband or some running friends. Um, and I run with on the trails, um, I fall a lot on the trails, so I have to be careful there. <laughs> and I'd say the biggest thing that keeps it fun is having a goal to train for. Like that, when there's something that you're really invested in and a goal, like that makes all the difference. Yeah, um, yeah. Like if I'm having a bad run and I'm just dragging, if I start thinking of the goal that I'm training for, like I, it turns it around. Um, and as far as balance, I think it's all just a matter of priorities and, uh, you know, not everything can be priority number one. So it's, it, I try to have like pretty specific priorities of what matters at what time, like right now running's a big priority, mm -hmm. but it's not always going to be this big of a priority. So it's kind of, I also feel like kind of a time crunch where it's like, I have this window. Um, I don't have kids right now. Like it's, it's feasible to dedicate, you know, kind of a stupid amount of time to running. And how many hours a week do you dedicate to running or, you know, other workouts associated with running? I mean, that's a good question. Um, like mine is zero. Yeah. No, okay. Lacey's like, this is easy uh, for me. Zero. <laughs> I mean, so it's hard to nail down. I would probably, you know, even running 120 miles, like, doesn't actually take that long because, you know, you can only, it's not like, I mean, biking, you can bike well, for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, like We're biking, super supportive and encouraging, though. Like, no, thank you, you. awesome. And, I'm just um, blown no. away. I know, right, I yeah. have nothing oh, to say. It's amazing. Just, Sarah, when I, so when I was a kid and we would have to do, you know, the mile in grade school, you know, you had to run eight miles around the track or whatever. And I remember eight, nine, 10 years old, hating it. I mean, just dying, just dead dying, Same. like hated it so badly. Did, how did you feel when you were that age? Did you hate it and grow to love it? Or have you always liked it? I mean, I think kind of both. I mean, so my early memories of running are um my parents started running on some trails behind our house when I was in sixth grade and so that and it was before they would go out at you know 5 30 or 6 before work and school and um I like 
hated being left out of anything. <laughs> so <laughs> I like, that was just like a fun thing. So I think it, it it's a very different thing when it's like, it was my choice to be out there and it was on the trails and I kind of felt like a, I don't know, cool for having gotten to run in yeah. before school. And I think that's very different than like, you know, a gym teacher telling you, you have to do this. And like, that's a totally different like two totally different experiences yeah it's like I have PTSD from it and you're just like this amazing runner yeah that's, that's do great. your parents still run now yes uh more mountain biking and road biking right now so you come from an active family it's not like you know you just like happen to fall into this yeah they definitely always done a ton of hiking and biking and things and you said your husband runs. Does he do marathons and stuff too? Is he doing Olympic trials? Could you kick his ass running? <laughs> it sounds like it. He is an ortho resident. Um, so he just runs with me when he can. And he's in good shape, but he's never done any races. Other than, the, no, the, I lied. The only race he's done um, is we raced a mile the day we got married. Because he always joked that he could beat me in a mile. So when we got married, it's like, <laughs> did he beat you? Going down. No, I beat him. <laughs> of course. <laughs> awesome. Sarah, That's what awesome. is what does your um, diet look like? What do you you know count macros? Do you need to get extra? Obviously, you need to get more than you know someone who doesn't run 120 miles a week. But um, yeah, is there like a Michael meal Phelps. plan you follow? Yeah. So I've come like full circle from not full signal, I don't know, 180 degrees there from, in college, I was very strict, um, for the most part, like I was pretty restrictive in what I ate. Um, and I think that ended up in a lot of injuries. And, uh, now I try like, the, I'm not perfect about it, but I don't fall. I don't count calories. Um, I try to go based on, um, eating healthy like 90% of the time and then not depriving myself. So like if I want to eat dark chocolate every day, which I do, then I eat dark <laughs> chocolate doesn't? every day. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. What is your like vice? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dark you, chocolate. Do you drink alcohol or do you cut out alcohol? You don't drink alcohol? Yeah. Oh, I can never be a runner. I, that's why we can't run. Like, how could nope. we ever run? Okay, let me tell you, Sarah, the only 5K I have ever run in my entire lifetime was at a winery. And the only reason I finished it was because there was wine at the end. Uh, you get a flurry glass of wine. I remember, okay, to be fair, it was like 85 degrees and it was my first 5K. I did not train for it at all. I was like, I'll be fine. It'll be like a nice cool 68 because it was like October. And of course, I got a nice whopping 85 degrees. And I was like, well, there's wine at the end, so I have to finish. And that's what kept me going. And I literally nearly died. But I'm like, that is my hydration. I will get there. And that's it. So if you can't drink somewhere, uh -huh. yeah, uh -huh. yes, exactly. Here's a wine bottle. <laughs> I'm telling you, if there's no drinking and running, I'm out. The only race I've ever done, uh, it was a Tough Mudder, and it was also involved alcohol. That was the best tasting beer I've ever had in my life <laughs> at the oh, finish line. The only races, apparently, we participate in are, like, racing and how fast you can drink something. That's about it. That's a, well, there's a lot I'm, of those races out there, so you're in luck. Yeah, I really want to start. I want to start running, but I need to do it with a different mentality. Oh, is there a playlist you love? Are you on Spotify? 
What? Um, I, I just, I like random songs and then I'll ha- like listen to my like songs in the morning. So I listen to all just random. My husband gives me a really hard time for the songs I listen to running because they're not pump up songs. Um, really? because yeah, at all, it, it, a few of them are, but for the most part, it's like really chill songs, like Coldplay. And like, <laughs> <laughs> it's because the only times I listen, so I do listen to music, um, on my easy days. So like when I'm running by myself and then I'm just running for like a lot a distance around by myself, I'll listen to music. Um, and like, I don't want it to be pump up because I don't want to like hammer my easy days. As far as getting faster and running, um, at least what I've found is, and what I've, the, the training philosophy I subscribe to is kind of polarized training where like your hard days are really hard and your easy days are really easy. So if I'm like listening to like some pump up track on my easy days, like I'm not going to be ready for the next hard day. Yeah, that makes sense. Can I ask another question related to the alcohol? I'm sorry. Yeah, no, go for it. <laughs> my question is, why don't you allow yourself a drink? Is it because you run six days out of the week and it's difficult to run coming off of drinks? Or is it because some way that it's metabolized affects your time? Or is it just you don't like it? Like, what what is it exactly? So I actually I have never, I've actually never drank. I'm, uh, I go, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, so Oh, don't drink any alcohol. So it's actually a really easy decision. <laughs> like, got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought you like went through college and like at most college kids were drinking and then were running. And then I'm like, wait, she couldn't have possibly ran in college and drank. So I'm like, well, that was out. There are, I'm not going to say that that is not feasible. There's a lot of like, so it's, it's not a, it's not a non-option for you. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> There's plenty of really good runners Great. who do drink alcohol. Yeah. So. And you're heading back to Boston this year, right? Um, I'm I'm not sure actually. So Boston is I think seven weeks after the Olympic trials, mm-hmm. so it'll kind of depend on how that race goes. And because um, typically you only race about two marathons a year um, if you're really yeah. training hard for it, um, just because it's it's about sixteen weeks getting ready for the marathon, and then like four weeks recovering and. Yeah, so after you run a marathon, how what's recovery look like? Um, it really depends on, like, how beat up I am. Uh, like, I don't know, New York Marathon a year ago, I was really beat up and just my legs felt like garbage for, like, five weeks. So I just ran wow. easy for, like, five weeks. So I usually take a week where I do, like, very little running. I'll run, like, a total of, like, 15 or 20 miles that week. And then just do like easy days until my legs start to feel better. So you're telling me once you complete a marathon, like the next day, you just wake up and go back out to run, even an easy run? Usually, um, especially because you actually feel a lot better if you do, even though you don't feel like it, like if you do an easy run, it helps to flush out all the metabolic waste products and everything. You don't have blisters or anything? Sometimes I lose toenails. I'm losing two, two oh, right now. Oh God! Oh my God! I'm out again. I'm out. So actually, I actually really enjoy the process of this is gross. I enjoy the process of toenails coming off because it's like this whole like it takes like several months and it's like this. I don't know. 
<laughs> Sarah, I you really like it. killed me. You just killed me. Julie can really weirdly relate to that because my yeah. son has lost a toenail and it is so oh, like, really? satisfying when the new one he's three so yes. <laughs> but it's like when the new one comes in and then you're like oh everything looks good okay exactly <laughs> oh i've lost a toenail once before running into a wall when i was like 10 and not not one part of it was satisfying to me N- nope <laughs> so nope. sarah okay. i really want to hear more about the olympic trials and just like what is the process of qualifying for the Olympics? And like, what does that race look like? How many races do you have? How many rounds are there? Like what you said, it's in six weeks. What is the process like, you know, through that whole race? Like, is it a weekend? Is it a week? And then what happens after? Yeah. So it's interesting. It's actually, um, so there's a qualifying window and it's like a year and a half long where you can, you just have to hit the Olympic trial standards and then you're qualified to go. And it has to be either half marathon, you have to run and like, I think it's 113 or full marathon and 245. And um, then the trials itself are just a marathon. So like it's on Saturday, February 29th and everyone who's qualified and who shows up Races a marathon. And the first three people across the finish line. Wow. For the Olympics. It's the first three wow. people. Yeah. What? So how confident do you feel? Uh, so I'd start by saying I don't think anyone is super confident. I mean, mm-hmm. that's probably not true. There's probably people who are very confident. But so there's, to put it in perspective, there's I, close to 500 women in the U.S. qualified for the trials. Um, and yeah, three go to the Olympics. I think my time right now is somewhere in the mid twenties out of the 500. So there's still, you know, 20 something women who have faster times than me. Um, but not all of those women are going to show up healthy. Not, I mean, I want them to, like I'm not wishing ill, no ill will on anyone, but yeah, no Tanya Harding I was stuff. just going to say that. <laughs> Crystal, we're on the same thing. <laughs> like, not everyone's going to be healthy. Not a, Some people are going to be overtrained. Like, and the course itself is, um, it's a really interesting course. So a typical marathon is, like, either an, uh, like, Boston is a point-to-point course. So the finish line is 26 miles away from the start line. Um, Atlanta um, is like three loops so you and it's really hilly mm-hmm. so you run the same loop the the last loop is is a, it has this little add-on but you basically run the same loop three times and so that'll be actually really challenging and I think in a good way because you know you're going to go into the second and third loop tired and having already seen these hills and like knowing what's coming yeah, yeah the anticipation gets tough right exactly so so it's all mental but it's, it's, I won't, like, it is, I, it's a long shot for me to actually make the Olympics, but. But we're still not rooting as, for you. Thank you. And not <laughs> yeah. as long of a shot as it was getting second in Boston. So it's, it's like dumb and dumber. Like, there's a chance. <clears throat> oh, I, you're yeah, going to do it. So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hope so. Since Boston 2018, that was a huge moment in your career. Where, how has your 
running life? How has your regular life changed since then? Like, I mean, obviously the New York Times interviewed you and have you gotten sponsors for running? Like, have you, I don't know, like how, how has your life changed? How has your running career trajectory changed um, since to Boston 2018? Yeah, so Boston 2018 changed a lot. Um, so I got a uh, shoe sponsor, Ultra. I have a nutrition sponsor, Yukan, um, and uh, BioFreeze was a sponsor. So, like, those were opportunities that I never, like, never thought would be within my realm of possibilities. Um, just because it is pretty hard to get any sponsorships in running. It's just like a, it's a tough sport to yeah. <laughs> try to go yeah. that route. What happens with sponsorships? I'm sorry to interrupt. It's sponsorships. So uh, depending on the level of sponsorship, you know, there's, there's athletes who that's all, that's what they live on. You know, they get a stipend that's, um, that their shoe sponsor like pays their living expenses. And, but in general, like running sponsorships are like some level of a stipend plus like shoes and like travel money and how many and, pairs uh, of shoes do you go through in like a year? Yeah, that's a good How question. many running shoes do you go through <laughs> a year's time? A, a lot. I mean, I should, yeah. So shoes are good for three to 500 miles. So oh. three oh. to five weeks. Wow. Wow. And that's even if you're walking in them too? Uh, yeah. I typically don't wa- use my running shoes for like walking and hiking um, just because it wears them out quicker, but. I don't run in my running shoes. I only walk in them. So I'm trying to figure out. I've, I don't even know if I've walked 300 miles in my life. <laughs> so what happens with a sponsorship on your end? So they give you like a stipend or shoes or whatever. And then, but like, do you have, do you have responsibilities that you have to fulfill? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So like you race in their products and then um, like post on social media and Got it. Um, okay. do like have appearances for them and that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. What races are on your bucket list? It would be cool to do the other world majors. So the world major marathons are Boston, New York, Chicago. I've done those three. And then Berlin, London, Tokyo. So foreign marathons would be fun. Yeah, halfway there. That's awesome. (laughs) So cool. Does your family or your friends or have they ever given you any kind of slack like oh, Sarah, can't you just skip it today? We have this to do. Or we want to, you know, can you just pay more attention to us or something? Because I feel like I can totally see people in the beginning maybe not being as supportive or maybe thinking like, you know, God, you're taking this a little too seriously. Do you really think you're going to get anywhere with this? Has anyone ever said that to you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, my family has always been like very supportive. I have been probably OCD about it to a fault where – especially in high school, like if I was on a family vacation and even if I didn't have a race for four months, like I would get in my run that day, like no matter what, I didn't care how much it inconvenienced anyone, like it was going to happen. And so I think I like justifiably, not justifiable on my part, but like I would probably frustrate my family because, you know, if it's 9 PM and like, I wanted to get it in and, but they were like, my dad would come drive to the track with me or, you know, he'd um, come run with me. So they were always super supportive of it. And I don't know, right now there's been very little resistance because 
my husband's really supportive and I don't have kids. The only one who probably like tells me to stay home and play with them or my dogs. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask if you had any pets. Do they ever run with you on like easy days? Yeah. So they'll, I'll take them on trail runs and yeah. they, they, they're high energy border collies so they can run a long ways and yeah. Super cute. Where did you say you live? What state do you live in? Arizona. Oh my God. Doesn't it get like 150 degrees there? Pretty much. Yeah. The summers are hot. And you run in that? Yeah. I typically just do my shorter runs when it's like the heat of the day. So I'll run, I mean, sometimes like I'll usually run like six months, six to seven miles in, you know, any temperature. Sometimes it's up to 120, but usually like typically oh it's like a hundred, it's usually more like 105 to 110. So you're, you've never been concerned about like overheating or, you know, heat stroke or any of those things that I would be terrified of? I, yes. So on those runs, I usually do like small loops where I have like water available. And so like I said, I only do shorter runs. I did one track workout last summer that was a harder workout and it was in the heat of the day. And, um, like halfway through, I was just like nauseous and dizzy. And I was like, I should probably not be doing this. So yeah. <laughs> trial and error. How wow. tall are you? You look tall. Oh, thanks. So I'm five, eight. That's, oh, you look taller than that. You've got really long legs. It's because she's super lean. Are you kidding? Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah. So speaking of like safety of running, somebody did ask me to ask you how you feel about running by yourself. Like, do you take any safety precautions? Do you carry anything with you? I don't yeah. know. I just feel like there's it. It can be dangerous depending on where you're running. Are you joking? Sarah Sellers can outrun any possible sure. like good point <laughs> attacker. She just likes kill them in speed. Pretty. <laughs> They'd be like, forget it. Pick the next one. Yeah, I typically um, this is probably not best practice. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but I live in Tucson, Arizona, and I live kind of uh, outside the city. So like my early morning runs. I'm just by myself and it's dark, but I, I have my phone with me and that's about it. Um, and I always have like really bright lights for cars, but really there's, it's kind of like dispersed neighborhood houses, not really any. So you just run, do you run on the street or on the sidewalk? I do. I always run on the street in the dark just because, yeah, I don't like being, there's some great paths in Tucson, but I only run those in the day just I feel safer yeah, if there's like cars around. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And the only I did, I was someone, a guy chased me in Florida when I was running once. How quickly did he give up? Took off. Ran him. <laughs> and, yeah. Oh, but other than friend, that, he actually I've been runs safe. with a knife like in her sock. How do you not stab yourself? Yeah. <laughs> in a sheath. <laughs> oh, okay. I just imagine like a knife. Oh. So, Sarah, this has been a really fun conversation. I just want to wrap up with one question from our reader, Mer our listener, Meredith. Um, Shout out, Meredith. She wants to know where you stand on the Mac versus Miller debate. Oh, Miller. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. I get right. so much blackboard in Tucson. <laughs> Everyone in Tucson, the, my, my CRNA colleagues, a lot of them also are Miller. But, like, yeah, it's, I get so much flack for the Miller here. I wouldn't give you flack for anything. I would just be like – 
Listen, Sarah Seller says Miller. Everybody go Miller. I know. I right might now. start using a Miller now that you use it. You just say, what are you, Crystal? <laughs> yeah, what are you three? I'm a Mac. Mac 3. I'm a Miller. I'm a Miller. I haven't used a Mac nice. since somebody made me. Yeah. I mean, I'll use a Mac if I have to, but I prefer Miller. Um, Sarah, what are you binging right now? Do you have time to binge watch anything or binge read or listen to podcasts, of course, aside from ours? Right? <laughs> um, I listen to, like, running podcasts. Oh, and, I, yeah, I I just started watching House. Um, <laughs> that's super old news, but I have been starting. I, I don't really, um, yeah, I, I'm either sleeping. Like, my downtime is usually sleeping. So yeah, it's, it's not like good. I'm overly productive, but I try to get lots of sleep. I have one big question. I'm sorry, Lacey. I know we were wrapping up. I remember this. For running, can you tell us what the best headphones, earbuds, whatever are? Because I hate when I'm running once in a while or like walking and my headphones pop out or my earbuds pop out. And do you always wear them or do you just like run with your thoughts in nature? Are you one of those? So yeah, I actually, I used to, I'll, I used to never listen to music on runs, but now that I'm running like high mileage and most of it by myself, yeah, easy days, I usually listen to music or a podcast or something. So Aftershocks, um, and I'm not sponsored by them, but I, I really like their headphones. So they actually, and it's actually a good safety kind of tip because um, when you're running by yourself, like you want to be, you know, somewhat aware of your surroundings. Um, and they actually sit like right outside your ears. So they sit, so you can hear your surroundings pretty well. Oh, that's good. And you can also, you can still hear the music great, but they, um, they, it's like, they, they wrap around your head. Um, they sit right outside your ear. Like they're super comfy. They don't bounce at all. So I, yeah, I really like those headphones. Awesome. And what were they called again? Um, aftershocks, like after, after and then shocks spelled with a Z at the end, I think. Hmm. Okay, oh. we can put a link in the show notes to that. Yeah. Sarah, this has been a really fun conversation. You're Thanks. such an inspiration to a lot of uh, CRNAs, and we appreciate how well you've represented the CRNA profession in the last year and a half and, and longer than that Thanks. before we knew you. So thank you so much for that and for taking the time to chat with us today. And everyone, thanks so much for joining us. And this is another episode of the Scrub Caps and Sippy Cups podcast. Please uh, rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast so that you can keep up with all our latest cool interviews and shows. You can also find us on Instagram at Hey Smart Mamas. And then we're on Facebook at Scrub Caps and Sippy Cups. Hey, Sarah, where can um, our listeners follow your journey on your socials? Yeah, so on Twitter, I'm Sarah Who Sellers. And ah. sorry, uh, my phone thought I said Siri when I said Sarah. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're fine. So Twitter, it's Sarah at Sarah who has who sellers. And then Instagram, Sarah underscore sellers. I'm cool. following you right now. And that's S-E-L-L-E-R-S, right? Yep. And okay. Sarah with an H. Sarah with an H. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Good luck to you at the upcoming Olympic trials, and we are definitely cheering for you, and we can't wait to follow your journey. Thanks. Thanks so much for having so me on. I'm excited. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. Bye. You too. Thanks so much.